Are you three all in the barn? Yes. yes. Okay, good. I realized last time that if we have too many people Skyping in, it makes it a lot choppier. Oh, like, really? Yeah, people's voices tend to drop out more. Oh, okay. I could see that. And last time we had like, I think, six people Skyping in. Yeah. Yeah, I was out here yeah, by myself in the fucking cold. Because yeah. <laughs> you fuckers are pansies. Damn right. Uh, or smart. No, smart. I know, because I had to be out here, so you're pansies. No, you, you could do this from your basement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with Natasha vacuuming. It's been years since she's done that to you. The last time I was in the basement. <laughs> she does it on purpose. Oh, absolutely yeah, she does. She does. That's why she's not outside mowing the lawn right now. Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known movies in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Nate. I'm Steve. I'm Kevin. I'm Patrick. Wow, it's almost like we're getting better at this. <laughs> I was about to say, and the rest of that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done it all. Nate jumped in. Uh, this month, we are talking about the Oscars Best Picture nominees. We are only really going to talk about six of the nine in any kind of detail. Uh, we each picked one to kind of hang our hat on. Uh, we do grading, so whichever one we picked, we'll get the grades for. So we are uh, going to start by talking about uh, two Best Picture nominees that have a thematic connection. Uh, this is Darkest Hour and Dunkirk. Uh, Darkest Hour is basically focusing on Winston Churchill after he becomes prime minister during World War II. And uh, Dunkirk was basically one of the first things he had to deal with. So I believe Brian picked Darkest Hour. Yes, I did. So I'm going to turn over to Brian to lead us through Darkest Hour. Okay, well, you summed it up pretty well. Um, stars Gary Oldman as, <laughs> as um, Winston Churchill. It's and like you said, it's right as he comes into uh, into power, right into the middle of World War II. It already started. the The Nazis were taking into uh, to France, and they were trying to figure out the best way to go about dealing with that as a country. Um, specifically, because the previous um, previous Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, his wait and see approach. Uh, of diplomacy was not really uh, flying with the opposition party. So uh, I'm going to start off. I give this movie an A. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of those on most of these movies. Because um, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, since you jumped in, you're next. Oh, I haven't seen it. All right. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Exactly. Kevin, then. Oh, it gets an A. I loved it. Steve? Because he's a dad! So, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, any other time we saw this movie, it would get an A. But I, just like January, we adjust grades intentionally. I can't help but adjust grades during this month as well for, you know, Oscar-worthy movie. So, um, I actually give it a B for reasons. Because <laughs> okay, he's we'll, a hipster dad! We'll come back to your <laughs> Patrick? I give it an A. All right. And Tom? I also give it an A. Okay, Steve. You're on the clock. Okay. Um, 
It's a Gary Oldman game. is no, phenomenal. He if he doesn't win Best Actor, it's uh, it's the fix is in, right? Um, the makeup team for this movie should win yeah. hands oh, down. God, yeah. um, it's the, some of the best best makeup I've ever seen. There's a, a few times where you can tell it's makeup, but overall it's flawless. Yeah, between um, the makeup and the acting, he disappears. Yeah, yeah he. I mean, he doesn't look like you Gary would Oldman. never expect that he's thirty or twenty years younger. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, um, yeah and probably a hundred pounds lighter. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that it that part of it's fantastic. There are just for me, there were so many scenes where, which I know this was part of the character, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. Right, so I didn't really know what was going on. There were so many scenes in the parliament where it's just a dark room, a bunch of people yelling, and him having a speech where I couldn't understand what he's saying. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this feels historical, but it feels more like a documentary because I don't really know what's going on, right? And if I didn't actually know the speeches from memory, I wouldn't actually know what he was saying. So there were, there were scenes in this movie where it was losing me a little bit. Like I said, any other time of year, this would easily be an A movie, but compared to some of these other movies, uh, it just it fell a little flat at times for me, and it felt like let's go for an Oscar, guys. This is one of the three three movies that just felt like let's go for an Oscar. And isn't that a bad thing? Should we really knock I, a movie I, I for does, trying? To, because they're, that's like they're, knocking a baseball team for trying to win the World Series. No, <laughs> it it doesn't because it's they're taking sort of the easy paths to the Oscar. Now, there are other movies on this list that did not take an easy path to the Oscar, right? They just happened to get noticed because they're really good movies. Yeah. This felt like the, you know, this felt like Sorry. let's do this movie because this is the kind of movie Oscars like. You know what I mean? At times. You're talking now, about the post fat thread, I'm assuming. Yes, the the post definitely feels like a well, if we get Meryl Streep, Tong Hanks, and we talk about, you know, American politics, we're a shoo-in for an Oscar, hmm. right? American politics um, relationship with the news media. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. going to say, to yeah. me, that wasn't necessarily Oscar bait. That was more just somebody. They were making a, a clear political statement. Yeah, yeah but right now that's right. Oscar bait, right? These This day and age, but that's I, Oscar I, bait. I think that's uh, a fortunate coincidence. Yeah. I, I think they were riding... <sighs> And we'll talk about the post, but I think they were riding the coattails of, uh, and it's no, we won't talk about the post. So go right ahead. Escaping go. me, the the with the um, the Catholic priests and the bo uh, oh yeah spotlight spotlight, spotlight. Yes. spotlight. Yeah. I think it was riding the coattails of spotlight. Yeah, it reminded me a lot. I, I of really yeah. think it was. The, the, um, yeah. But to your point, though, I, uh, Stephen, as far I don't want as, that to take away from it. No, I, I think know. it's a really good movie. I don't. I don't know that this was necessarily Oscar bait. You've got two movies, Dunkirk, which we'll talk about, and which I and, don't think was, and The Darkest Hour. It's it's a war movie. They come out yeah. every year. I, I think it was just you had an amazing performance, and they said we're not going to go cheap on the makeup and the mm -hmm. costumes because outside of Gary Oldman, there were good performances, but he carried the whole film. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So. Uh, your your character based film, your character better carry it. Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. I, I agree. Yeah. But I don't know. I yeah. don't I necessarily think it was Oscar bait. I well yeah. Well we can agree to disagree. Right, right. Um as well, we do on many things. It, but this was the most surprising one that got included, in my opinion, because really most of what I most of what I'd heard about this movie is that Gary Oldman gives an amazing performance and the movie's kind of okay. So yeah. when I, I was like, all right, so Gary Oldman's definitely gonna get nominated. 
when the nominations came out and I saw Darkest Star, I was like, oh, that's interesting because it hadn't been it hadn't been in that same group of movies that we've been hearing about until the nominees came out. So yeah. I was surprised. And you guys probably pay slightly more attention to this than I do, but like, how often would Best Actor not be in a movie that was nominated for Best Picture? That right? happens quite that's a bit, it. actually. Okay, that's why Especially I now, considering that there's only five nominees per actor yeah. category. Yeah. But that's why I wasn't And you sure got eight or nine. Said, like, you know, we know this was a great performance by him. He's probably going to at least be nominated, if not win. Yeah. How could we not nominate? If, if, like you said, like, yeah. almost like, why not? But to the opposite of it, they didn't make the movie thinking it'd be Oscar, but almost like Tom saying, it's it it kind of a surprise that that was put in Best Picture. Maybe they kind of threw that in Best Picture, figuring, well, you know, Gary Oldman was it's, so fantastic. I mean, this Let's is shove that in. Part of the problem I have with this year's nominees is that they all feel, well, not all of them, a lot of them feel very safe, very normal, sort of. Last year was a lot of like movies that felt like they were trying to push boundaries and do something a little bit different. This year feels like these are the normal kind of movies that get nominated, you know. And I don't. This falls in that. Well, category. yeah, because last year was a backlash was was because of two years ago was Oscars so white. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. So yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, let's kind of change some stuff and do things, and and then this year it's like, oh, maybe they forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian's well, exactly they're... right. It's the only time I've ever you said that. You see this in a lot of different areas. You have a major, um, a major sticking point where you've got two sides vehemently opposed to each other, mm -hmm. like it was two years ago. And so they overcorrect, yeah. Yeah. like they did last year. And now I, I think they're overcorrecting back again the other way where, okay, let's go with safe yeah, and, let's and go simple with the... and this is the formula that's worked for the previous 60 years. Let's just keep yeah. going. Yeah. But that being said, Gary Oldman's fantastic. Yeah. The yeah. makeup's fantastic. Um, even Emma, Emma was interested in this movie because of the makeup. That's how good, you know, it yeah. got my 18 year old daughter interested in Gary Oldman going blah, 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 blah for two hours because of the makeup, right. you know. And it wasn't uh, just, I mean, his mannerisms, I'm watching. Yeah, his, and his acting his, and the way he, his yeah. walk, his gait, his, his gestures, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. And I didn't, I never thought of Winston Churchill as a, someone who ever doubted himself ever at That's all. That's what I really loved about And this I liked seeing that him being kind of a, a doddering old man who, yeah. you know, didn't really have a lot of confidence. That's not, I thought of him as a Teddy Roosevelt kind of character who, you know, woke up, yeah, drank whiskey kinda... and said, get the shit done. Yeah. You know, that's why I love any story that humanizes the people mm -hmm. that we put up on pedestals. You know, the people that founding fathers, war heroes, people that we see as that, oh, infallible, this is who we know the one dimensional side of them. So anytime you look at, like, I thought it was just awesome the way they did that, you know, to portray him as a real human being that just was trying to figure out how to handle a really, really situation yeah. as best he could. Yeah. You know, so I the, other that part of, the other part of what I was saying uh is that this movie double surprised me because it because of what i'd heard about it um i was going into expecting to see a great performance in an okay movie and it actually turned out to be one of my favorite films of the year hmm. um and it is directed by joe wright who's one of my favorite directors you know, he directed atonement pride and prejudice mm -hmm. um so and I, I like that he was able to bring i was expecting this to be like a really uh uninterestingly shot film but i really liked the way it was shot he did some really interesting stuff yeah uh so the shots when he's in the taxi and it's just kind of london you know the people yeah, of yeah london, and there's those are beautiful there's that, shots there's that one shot where like the bombed out town kind of morphs into a dead body lying in the dirt 
which well, is I didn't uh, catch that. Really, really weird, but I mean, it was really I, cool. I really enjoyed that. Some of the scenes where, like, he's in the bathroom on the phone, or he's in these different rooms, and it's completely blacked out except for his small room, and that gives you just such, a, I think, a perfect representation of how isolated he was and having to make yeah, all these decisions. Yeah. There's they did movie. actually did that a lot of yeah. showing like showing him and everything else is kind of not in focus or yeah. dark and it show yeah that's a good point yeah uh, that's that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie although this this movie gave me this probably my favorite line in any of the movies we saw where he's sitting on the toilet and someone's like so and so is trying to get a hold of you it's like tell him and then Lou and can only deal with one shit at a time <laughs> <laughs> like I got to find a way to use that. Yeah. Um, with four A's and a B, The Darkest Hour gets a rainbow bright My Little Pony. What? It's appropriate. Rainbow Dash. Yeah. Rainbow, I'm so, oh my gosh. Seriously, come on. I'm just saying. How yes. dare you mix up rainbow bright and My Little <laughs> my Pony? My God, man. Get it together. I was okay I'm not at that. Yes. I didn't notice it until. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Say, it get gets your, an A. Get your pony it gets straight. An a, exactly. Which for us is a rainbow dash. Okay, so we're going to add Darkest Hour to our flick chart. Flick chart is a web app where you rank movies against each other to make. It's literally cutting my skin. And you're literally interrupting me. You guys talking over Brian's intro? Oh, sorry. I thought you were still figuring it out. Sorry, Brian. He's introducing flick chart. Wouldn't register. So we're going to add Darkest Hour to our flick chart. Flick chart is a web app where. You rank movies against each other to form a list of your favorite movies. Uh, we currently have 570 movies on our list. Um, the first movie up is uh, Mars Attacks. Dark Darkest Hour. Hour. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not do the same thing we did last year where they all end up in the yeah, middle. Yeah, let's see how this goes. <laughs> exactly. Last year they were when when Fight Club's back in the middle, that is pretty yeah. <laughs> Darkest Hour or Attack the Block. Attack the block. Yeah, I agree with Tom. I've seen it like three times. I've seen it a few times too, but I, I'm still, and, and while I prefer the genre, I still think Darkest Hour is a better movie. No, I, I think I tend to give the edge to a genre film in matchups like this. Yeah, I do too. Because it's so easy to set, to go with the like historical prestige film. Yeah. I'm going to go Darkest Hour. Okay. Darkest Hour or Logan? Logan. Which should have been actually one of the movies nominated for Best Picture, I think. I'm gonna say Logan. Logan. Darkest Hour. I'm on Tom's side, but Logan wins. Uh, Darkest Hour or Il Postino. Il Postino. I agree. Yeah, Il Postino. Okay, so <laughs> Il Postino wins. Darkest Hour or The Hobbit: The Desolation of Smaug. Darkest Hour. Yeah, Darkest Hour. <laughs> Darkest Hour. Meow. <laughs> Darkest Hour. Hobbit. I am death. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darkest Hour or Miller's Crossing? Miller's Crossing. Say Miller's Crossing. I'm going to go Darkest Hour. Just because it's a period of history I'm more interested in. I don't remember Miller's Crossing well enough to pick it. So I have to pick Darkest Hour. Was it three, four years ago we watched that? Mm-hmm. How can you remember something from four years ago? It's that good. <laughs> it's Albert Finney with a Tommy gun. You don't remember that, Brian? No. I can only remember my most recent Albert Finney role. And as of right now, that is uh, Big Fish. I watched that more recently. 
It's a weird brain space. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> One Finny at a time. Awesome. You have like a small slot for Albert Finney. <laughs> Anything new comes in, oh. pushes the old out. <laughs> are we tied two and two? We are tied two and two right now. So if no one's willing to budge, Dark is always going to stay here. I could budge. I mean, they're close. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that as a budge. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Sounded like a budge. Darkest Hour or The Revenant? The Revenant. Darkest, Darkest hour. hour. Darkest Hour. Gary Oldman really wants an Oscar or Leo really wants an Oscar? Gary Oldman didn't seem like he was desperate for an Oscar. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, but Leo was only desperate because he'd been snubbed for so long. I think I just, I, I, I think enjoyed he's never been The snubbed. Revenant more. Gary Oldman's been around for I think I just enjoyed The Revenant more. So, yeah, I'm going to go The Revenant. Yeah. That's okay. The Darkest Hour still wins. No, oh, well. There I go, Darkest, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour or The Hunger Games? First one? Hour. Yeah, first Probably, one? It doesn't matter. Hunger Games. Yes. Uh, then, actually, I'd go Hunger Games. Darkest Hour. Is that three to two? Three to It's one of those rare times where the movie surpasses oh, the book. Hunger Games? Yeah. I disagree. I think I think the movie, the first one. The movie, the movie didn't explain some things from the book. It was confusing. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, if you hadn't read the book, some things in the movie were really confusing. Yeah, like the oh. random dogs jumping up out of yeah. nowhere. Random huh. dogs jumping out of the forest floor. I was like, oh, okay, sure. I thought they not specific I was willing to, the to dogs. accept that with the high tech, everything else in yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, they've got trees and fireballs coming out of nowhere. Why not a dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, that was like the most folksy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that trees stuff was and fireballs, confusing. And, and then the dogs dog. were just like okay. the most confusing part of it all. Oh, I, that's true. I mean, I knew what was going on there, so. But I just felt like the movie actually improved on the book. So, Patrick, did you actually pick, or are you just yeah, I'm refusing to? Hour. Okay. So, Darkest Hour is one. It is now number 116 on our flick chart. Wow, that's actually pretty high. Yeah. It's higher than I was expecting. Much like Bridge of Spies, I thought I was going to be the only one who liked this film. What a I... bunch of dads! Bridge of Spies <laughs> was is... better. All right, we're going to move on to Dunkirk. So this was uh, this one's on Kevin. Oh, I've seen this one. Hey, Kevin, what is this about, and how does it relate to Darkest Hour? Okay, so if you saw Darkest Hour, um, you saw Dunkirk. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? I, I I wish I would have thought of this before I started watching Darkest Hour, because when Darkest Hour went to that reveal where um, Churchill is like, wait a minute, I've, I've got these three hundred thousand plus soldiers uh you know on the french coast how do i save them it was a a critical point in the movie mm -hmm. where he's disagreeing with his war cabinet on what to do with these soldiers and he says well in order to save three i i'm going to sacrifice four thousand and he knowingly did that and yeah. so dunkirk coincidentally is a, a movie about the civilian fleet that was dispatched from uh, I don't know uh, what port or ports uh, in the UK to Dunkirk, France, uh, to offload the soldiers from the beach because the battleships and the carriers couldn't uh, dock at the beach there. It wasn't set up that way. And so they, they've got to get all these soldiers, not just British, but also French. There was about, if you had the British and the French, about 400,000 soldiers off the beach because they were surrounded by the Germans. So Dunkirk is the story of this uh, I'm going to say maybe two-day scenario that's taking place. Um, and there's three different points of view. 
Uh, one is from a local fisherman uh, who, uh, or civilian who's got a boat um, and the boys that are helping him. Uh, another is a pair of British RAF pilots. Uh, and the third is a British soldier uh, who's trying to get off the beach itself. So, and I think it does a really good job of mixing those three points of view um, for the same storyline. I give this movie an A. I saw it twice. Uh, the second time I watched it, I was able to follow it a little bit better because the chronology is is not linear, and so you've got to kind of keep that in mind as you're watching it. Um, Tom, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I also saw it twice. What grade did Uh, you think of this movie? Yeah, I also saw it twice, and I will... I'll give it an A with reservations. Fair enough. Patrick? I'll give it an A. Enough said. Nate? I will also give it an A. Steven? Uh, Yeah, I give it an A also with reservations. Ryan? How about you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <so close. laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Brian. Um, I, I've got a couple of wimps that gave it an A. Uh, why do you give it a B? Uh, I just found this to be one of the most boring war movies I've ever watched. <laughs> okay. The, the, um, first, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it, how am I following this? So I had some apprehension as well. What was it about it? I'm not a big fan of multiple storyline jump through uh, i mean not gonna say multiple storyline but the jump through time uh it was a little confusing for me so i'm I'm not it it just did not hold my interest uh throughout the movie i found myself lapsing while i was watching this it it wasn't holding my attention Uh, that's fair yeah the first time i saw it i didn't enjoy it as much as a rewatch Mm -hmm. Uh, because of that reason itself was uh, i found myself trying to spend more time piecing the events together than just simply enjoying the movie. It took me 30 or 40 minutes to realize what was happening. And it was interesting to me because I always look forward to a Christopher Nolan movie. And he usually does these like big, heady sci-fi things where he's really playing with time a lot. And so when I heard he was doing like a a war film, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of boring for Christopher Nolan. You know, and then he made it a time travel war. But then he, yeah, but then he, <laughs> but then he does this thing where he's he's uh he's showing you the events of a week, a day, and an hour, but he's doing it concurrently from three different perspectives, jumping yeah. back and forth. I once I figured out that was happening, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I saw it a second time, and the second time is the thing that gave me some reservations because uh I went to, into it understanding how the structure was going to be. And I just felt like there was a little bit of an emotional disconnect. I didn't feel like I was really invested emotionally in the characters' stories, that it was more of an intellectual thing. So okay, that's, that's my reservation thing. See, my reservations are the exact opposite because I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. I only watched it the once. And so this, mo- this movie actually helped me come to terms with the idea I've always struggled with. Should If you see a movie and... You're like, I think that was good, but I need to watch it again to know for sure. Does that is that a detriment or is that a good thing? Is that a knock on the movie or not? And I think the fact that I saw this and I was like, eh, it's okay. But I feel like if I I, I kind of know if I watch this again, I'll think it's a great movie. Right. I think that's actually a good thing. The fact that I know I need to watch it again. That's yeah. actually a benefit to You've the movie. You told me something similar for other movies where I've said, okay, no, this is a, a B movie or yeah. maybe a C movie. And you're like, no, go back and watch it again, and you'll pick up on things and you'll recognize yeah. things. And, and then the movie, you appreciate the movie a lot more after watching it a second or third time. But I've never been sure if that's 
like a good like if a movie should do that. And I think just the fact that I know coming out of the movie, okay, I to really get that, I need to go through right. it again. Yeah, I think that's actually a good thing because there are movies where maybe there's things I miss, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch that again. Right. But if the movie well, I, makes you feel like you need to watch it again to really appreciate it, I think that's actually I've finally decided. I think for at least for myself, that's actually a good thing for the movie. And so that's why my A, I have a feeling if I watch it again, I'll be like easy A, no problem. Right, because it because it means that there's a lot there that you can still pick up on. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, and I'm going to talk about that when we get to get out. Yeah. Uh, so it, for me, it's it's an A, be, not because of necessarily my viewing experience. My viewing experience was more of a B. I got out of it. And I'm like, I I understand what was going on, but I it didn't connect until way too late for me to appreciate it. And we saw this in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. The first uh, time it was in the theater. This was one of those I wanted to see it in the theater just because of the, the scale of yeah, the film. Yep. I, I thought it deserved that. And I, I really wanted to I really wanted to rewatch it and I just didn't get a chance. And I will rewatch it again at some point just because you're a dad. I'm a dad and <laughs> I'm a dad and Christopher Nolan is right. like the sci fi god right now. Yeah. So those are the, those are my two wheelhouses. Is that Maybe. five A's and a B? No, that's an Five not. A's and a B gives it an A, it, which by our grading system is also a rainbow dash. So it is on the same level as Dunkirk. Do you have anything you want to say about Dunkirk, the movie we just um, watched? I mean, you guys, yeah, you, you guys covered a lot of it. I feel like this, um, I think it's brilliant. It's a completely different way of looking at a war movie, which needed to happen. And I think he was really trying to create an atmosphere. I'm very glad this got made because nobody else could ever do this, you know. And yeah. Christopher Nolan, this this needed to happen because at some point, if if he ever has a flub, you know, he could have never kind of made this, which really does feel like a movie he desperately wanted to make. Yeah. Um. Because how do you pitch this to a studio? I I don't think you do. You know, they they would force you to do. You have to say I'm Christopher Nolan. Yeah, they'd force you to do a simple linear telling, right? Is is what they would do. There was yeah. one thing I wanted to ask about specifically about this film um hans zimmer is nominated for his score for an oscar for this film and that was that's like the one thing that i really don't know how i feel about is is the music i honestly don't remember the music yeah it didn't yeah, leave no. a great impression on me but it well, didn't it, take me out of the movie it's it's constant there's never there's never a scene in this film where there isn't score in the background but it goes from being like really really subdued to um, really noticeable, and it sounds like a clock. And, and I was trying to pay attention to it more the second time I watched it, but it's like it's like for the entire running time of this film, you could hear it in the background. And I was like, this sounds like a Hans Zimmer film, Hans Zimmer score, but it also sounds like something unique. But then, like, I was like, I don't know if I how I feel about him getting nominated. It's just really weird. But if nobody else has anything to say about it, then I'll just forget it. I've yeah, that's, that's heard that of... and just thought I was imagining things. <laughs> it's literally the entire running time, and there's there's only like one spot toward the end where it just like drops out, and I think it's when they actually finally get off the beach or something like that. But anyway, so unless uh, anybody else has anything they'd like to add for Dunkirk, I think we'll add this to flick chart. And Steve, can you bring it up? CK. CK. There was no CK. In flick. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then Kirk. D U N C K I R C K. 
Dunkirk. <laughs> so uh, now we're gonna put Dunkirk on our flick chart. Our flick chart is currently up to 571 movies, very different than it was previously. Uh, so Dunkirk or Mars Attack? Dunkirk. 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 Obviously Mars Attack. Make sure it's the Dunkirk one. <laughs> That was a good impression of, uh, what's his name? And now Dunkirk is up against Baby Driver. I would actually go Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. No, Dunkirk. Yeah, I'm going to go Baby Driver. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad, so I'm going Dunkirk. Okay, so that's three for Baby Driver, two for Dunkirk so far? So far. I'm, I'm voting Dunkirk. Three for Dunkirk. Uh, yeah. So we're tied. Anybody willing to budge? I can budge for Dunkirk. No. I, I, okay. I, I, I really like them both, but oh, that's a hard one. So, Baby Driver uh, has more issues. All right, so Dunkirk wins over Baby Driver. Barely. <laughs> oh, that's actually interesting. And bitterly. Eh. All right, next up, Dunkirk or Interstellar? Mm. Was Interstellar? Dunkirk. Remember the uh, Hands down. infinite library, the bookcases? No, I have not seen Interstellar. Okay. <gasps> All right. Yeah, I'm going Dunkirk. That oh, Interstellar. That movie bugged the shit out of me. Oh, no, it was brilliant. Oh, let me just pick that book off the shelf, and all is right. I, I, I really... It's really... not that he picked it off. It's that he had already made the changes within yes. light and time. I, Thank you, Nate. I, I, You're I, welcome. I get the... It doesn't mean shit. The implications <laughs> of the action. And, and it's, it's impressive, but there, there was something about that collection of scenes at the end of the movie that just irked me so bad. So, yeah, I mean, I, it didn't, it irked you or did it murph you? Murph. 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 Okay, so two oh, for Interstellar. It's what? Two for Interstellar? Steve, where'd and you go? I went Interstellar. Nate? I'm gonna go in Interstellar just because I've already I've seen it several other times. I, I think these movies they're both great Nolan films. Tom, Tom would you go? He hasn't uh, yet. I think it's down to you. Shoot, um, Dunkirk. <sighs> Excellent. All right, Dunkirk wins over Interstellar as it should. No, Dunkirk, Dunkirk against. I don't know if I've seen this. Memories of a murder. Oh, memories of murder. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what I said. Memories of a murder. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tom. aren't you listening? Mem sorry, uh, Dunkirk against memories of murder. Memories of murder. Memories of murder. Memories yeah, of murder. Memories of murder. I have no. Memories. It's Korean, it's so Nate goes memory, memories of murder. Oh yeah, memories of murder. <laughs> that's what I said. Korea's first serial killer. Memories killing. of murder wins. What? No, Kevin has no, no memory. You know, I want to remember this movie before I vote against it. Actually, I think I enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's very good. I'm still going Dunkirk. Enjoyed it. So, it was it was what Patrick's first foreign or first Korean film? I think so. Yeah. 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 First Korean. Yeah. This um, is the one about forget. the two. Um. Well, really, the yeah, the the two Korean detectives who are trying to catch the serial killer in rural Korea, yeah. but they 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 can't. Because they, they keep making mistakes and they yeah, have was... to live with the guilt of their mistakes. And then they eventually, they may have caught the killer at the end, but you don't know. It's, it's like the most realistic like murder investigation ever. Yeah. All Except right. for all the torture. So, Memories of Murder wins yeah. over Dunkirk. Yeah. So that now puts Dunkirk up against the King's Speech. Ooh. King's Speech. I would go Dunkirk. I'd go the King's Speech. I'm going to go Dunkirk. It's down to Nate. Dunkirk. Dunkirk wins over King's Speech. So Dunkirk is now up against The Tale of Princess Kaguya. I did not see that. <laughs> the Tale of Princess Kaguya. 
Yeah. Somebody's breathing heavily into a microphone. Sorry, probably me. Brian really likes Princess Kaguya. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if women just step out of bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better. I haven't seen uh, this. I would go Dunkirk, actually. All right. So with that, Dunkirk is number 53 on our flick chart. Top wow. 10%. Pretty amazing. At least uh, we're not piling the best picture nominees in the middle of the chart this year. That's true. That's it is ahead of that, yeah. 42. Right. Oh, that's a classic. The Artist and Mad Max Fury Road. All kind of the same style of movie. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's below Argo, fuck yourself. Uh, the American and Moonlight from last year. All the same kind of movie. <laughs> I've got Dunkirk. Well, that I can relate yeah. to. Yeah. I've got flick chart. Oh, we got it. Woo-hoo. I got it. No. Yeah, look, 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 Kevin's in control. If right. it took if it took you that long to load the website, who knows how long, long the app's going to actually work. <laughs> All right, go for it, Tom. I already have moved on from it. <laughs> Tom's I don't moved have on. it up anymore. Get over it, Kevin. Damn it. All right, <laughs> fine.